Hi, and welcome to the Glow Podcast. I'm Dawn Rayleigh, co-pastor of Calvary Christian Center and pastor of the Women of Calvary. I have a passion to raise daughters who understand their identity in Christ and equip them to have confidence in who God has made them to be. In that confidence, they glow and lead others into the light and life-saving power of Jesus Christ. Connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at Dawn Rayleigh and for all things GLOW at GLOWWOC. Thank you so much. I am just in awe of how many of you have packed in to glow through it. Thank you so much. So, of course, I have rehearsed, I've practiced, I was ready for the chapel. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to be a part of all my demonstrations, so just be ready. (laughs) Everybody just keep coming on in. Now, this is a challenge because you're hungry. You're hungry, but... We got to figure out how to glow through it. We got to figure out how to shine our light in darkness. And you've already had so much word. You've already had such an amazing time. I know I have. So we're just going to get right into it. Is everybody ready? Lord, we just thank you for this time of women empowered, getting ready to glow, hallelujah, for your glory. Lord, we just say, have your way in this place. Open hearts, open minds. Let it fall on fertile ground, Lord, that they'll be able to feed off of it, Lord, for years and generations to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So my name is Dr. Shelley Jebbins. I am a clinical psychologist. I am a member here at Calvary Christian Orman Campus. And yes, give it up. (laughs) Give it up. And today we're going to learn how to glow through it. If you are a part of the planning committee, would you stand so we could just acknowledge you, all of the hard work that went into this wonderful gathering of women. Nobody in here (laughs) was on the planning committee. There's probably no room for them. Thank you, Care Bear. Um, Let's give it up then for Pastor Jim and Don Rayleigh, just for their vision for doing this, for women to have a time. So I'm just going to tell you there are going to be moments, because of my background and my experience as a counselor, working in churches, um, as a professor at Stetson University and soon-to-be SEU University, um, there are going to be moments where you feel like saying, hallelujah, amen, because you think you're in church. And then there's going to be another moment when you turn to your neighbor, especially you, and you're going to say, I feel like I'm in counseling. That's exactly how I feel. <laughs> and then there's going to be other times where you just want to raise your hand because you think you're in the classroom. And I'm telling you, all of the above is okay. We're going to just, I'm going to give you spiritual tools and psychological tools. Is that all right? All right. So we started off with this scripture that Pastor Don was inspired by. And what we learned is that we are clothing ourselves with the radiance of light. Isn't that what she told y'all? You're clothing yourself with radiance. So our light is a weapon against darkness. That's number one. Your light is a weapon. Amen? So we got to make sure we're using it as a weapon. Now, 
we're going to learn and look at actually how glowing through it looks. So I have a quick little video, but before we show it, these are the four questions that I want you to ponder. Number one, what's on your back? What heaviness, what pain, what trauma, what fear, or other situation are, have you been carrying in 2020, and maybe even now? And who is your coach? Who encourages you? Who motivates you through your difficult times? Who is watching you? Amen? And number four, what's waiting for you in the end zone? What are you pressing towards? What is your goal? What is your ultimate goal? What are you trying to achieve? All right, Mr. Husband, <laughs> are you ready for the video? Okay. Did you click on the link? It's going to be worth it. This video, I'm telling you, I could just drop the mic as soon as this video is over and we could be done. That's how good it is. All right. All right. You ready? Loose here right now. <laughs> Can you hit maybe hit play again? He don't want you to see this video, but he ain't running nothing. You got your four questions? Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> Let's give my husband a round of applause, y'all. He's helping me today. <laughs> If you don't get this right, I don't know what you're doing for dinner. If you're trying to lose belly fat, <laughs> stop doing cardio. This sounds backwards, right? Okay. Here, I can unlock it. <laughs> I would hate to move on without the video, but 
just have to do that. Okay, so I'm just going to describe what happens in the video. In this video, there's a coach, there are other football players, and there's the captain of the football team. And he says, the coach says, hey, are you guys ready for this game this weekend? And they're all like, huh, kind of hem-hum about it. So he tells the captain, I want you to do the death crawl all the way to the end zone. And he's about halfway I don't know what the halfway point is on the football field. <laughs> the 50-yard line. line, that would make sense. Okay, so he says, well, yeah, I can do that, coach, as long as I don't have to carry something on my back. Well, of course, that's exactly what the coach wanted him to do. So he has to get another football player. He puts him on his back, and he puts a blindfold on the captain, the one who's going to carry him. And he said, I want you to promise me no matter what, you will not stop until you get to the end zone. He said, well, I can do it if you're not going to make me care. And he said, you're going to do it anyway. So he puts him on his back, and he starts going. He starts out pretty good. He's moving, he's moving, he's moving. Then he starts to feel the burn. He starts to feel the pain. He says, I can't do it. And the coach is just yelling at him, saying, give me your best. Give me your best. Don't quit. Don't stop. You can make it. This is what the coach is saying. Guess what the spectators are saying? They're just like laughing and thinking, oh, he ain't going to make it, right? So my question is, who are your spectators? Who's watching you? Who is your coach? Today, I'm your coach. Who are you carrying? What are you carrying? And so by the end of the video, I mean, he is almost exhausted. He has nothing left in the tank. And he makes it to the end zone. And the coach says, take off your blindfold. Because he thought, you know, he'd only gone a little distance. He had made it all the way to the end. And so, yeah. So that's what glowing through it looks like. It's not pretty, y'all. It don't have a bow on it, okay? It's going to be sweaty. It's going to be bloody. It's going to stank. And you will make it. But who is coaching you? And then who's looking? Right? That's what I want you to keep in your mind. There's all types of heaviness in dry places that we go through. Our pits of despair is what David called it. Right? Do we illuminate God's glory when we're going through our dark places? What does God see? when we're going through it. Just like the football captain will ask God, just take this thorn from my flesh. If you just take it, then I can make it to the end zone. But God is saying, no, you're going to make it with the thorn. Why? Because my grace is sufficient for you. And God wants the world to see our light shining through the darkness so that others can experience his saving power. They see what we're carrying, and when we still persevere, then the only answer has to be, then that was God. Your witness is intensified when you persevere with whatever it is you're carrying. We are to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of Christ. Amen.
I should have been turning slides. So we are to bear witness of his light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So let's dive a little deeper and look at the meaning of light. Light defined. Light is something that makes vision possible. Light is illumination. Anything that it touches, it's going to make brighter and more visible. What about his light? Jesus' light. He said his light shines in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Nobody's going to understand your light if they're in the world. It's not going to make sense to them. And then what about your light? I love these scriptures. Isaiah 49 and 6. I will make you a light for the Gentiles. That represents the world. That my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. He wants to use our light in a powerful way. And then we already heard Isaiah 60 and 1. Arise and shine, daughters, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you every morning. That's what you ought to be thinking. I'm going to rise and shine and the glory of the Lord is upon me. And Proverbs 4 and 18 says, lovers of God walk on a highway of light. I better look here because I can't even see that. <laughs> walk on a highway of light that shines brighter and brighter. And then in Ephesians 5 and 8, it says, you were darkness, right? You were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Live as those that are native born. Hey, this is, this is my inheritance. This is who I am. I'm a child of light. And I was to tell my children, you have a choice. You can be a children of light or children of the corn. Now you choose. <laughs> right now you act like children of the corn. We're going to make that better. Amen. So, yeah, can we darken the screen back up? I don't know where our tech people went. So, our light is also a tool. We said our, our light is what? What was the first thing I said our light is? It's a weapon. <laughs> and it's a tool to draw others out of darkness into his marvelous light. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but they put it on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house, amen? The Lord is our source of light. He's the electricity, y'all. You have to be plugged in to the ultimate source so that you can glow. If I have a lamp and I have electricity in the wall, if the lamp isn't plugged in, it is useless. Amen? It's just a little pretty thing standing there, but it is not accomplishing its purpose. Let your light so shine before others that they may see your good deeds, but who's going to get the glory? Jesus is going to get the glory. Your Father in heaven, your light is a tool. Amen? So now, what about darkness? So I looked these definitions up for darkness, okay? Darkness is the partial or total absence of light. It's the lack of illumination. It's wickedness, evil, or corruption. 
It's unhappiness. It's distress. It's gloom. It's heaviness. It's depression. It's also a lack of spiritual enlightenment. The topic of darkness was so important to God that in Genesis, it was the first thing he had to get straight. He said, I'm going to separate. I'm going to make a distinction between light and darkness. And God said, let there be light. And we know that there was light. And then we know it wasn't until the fourth day that he created the sun. But guess what happened on the third day? He said, vegetation and trees bearing fruit grew. How? There was no sun. God was the source of light. He was a supernatural light. Without the sun, stuff was growing. So even in darkness, our glow can help things grow from our supernatural light. Now I get to say, turn to your neighbor. I'm only going to do one of these. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're going to grow because of my glow. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now, here's another thing about darkness. Oh, I just got so happy when I saw this. I said, God, you are deep. God called darkness a plague in Exodus 21. He chapter, he, the title of the chapter was The Plague of Darkness. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand toward the sky so that darkness spreads over Egypt. A darkness that can be felt. Y'all, that's dark. Okay? And it says the Egyptians couldn't go anywhere. They couldn't see anything for three days. But the Israelites... How many Israelites I got in the house? But the Israelites had light in their places where they lived. So it doesn't matter if you're surrounded by darkness in this world, because we know we are. God expects you to still have light and to shine brightly so that the world knows our source of light doesn't come from the world. It comes from almighty, all-powerful God. Amen? Amen. Y'all, this is about to get real good. Now, these slides are so beautiful. You're just missing out. <laughs> but that's okay. So no matter the source of our darkness, no matter what our circumstances are or what they've been, we have a promise in 2 Corinthians. And it says, we are, I can't even read it, troubled on every side, yet not distressed. Perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're cast down, but we are not destroyed. Why? Because we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. So thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph. Amen? So, here are four truths to fuel your glow. If you don't get nothing else, I want you to walk out of here with a nugget that you can feed on and eat on for a long, long time. In the book of Luke, it said that Mary would hear, the mother of Jesus, she would hear things and she would tuck them away in her heart and she would ponder on those things. Ladies, tuck something away in your heart today that you can feed on and that you can feed somebody else with. 
That's what glowing is all about. So here are those four truths, because I know it's hard for you to see them. Number one, Jesus is present in our suffering because he understands what it is to suffer. Jesus is present in our suffering because he understands what it is to suffer. Number two, Jesus loves us and his plans for us are good, no matter what. Through our suffering, we draw closer to God and we are made stronger. And number four, God is sovereign and in control of everything. Amen. So 2021, your glow will shine brightly when you stand on these four declarations. I hope one of those just leaped in your spirit. So we're going to look at each one. And I'm going to go a little deeper. Can I go a little deeper, as Pastor Ridley say? <laughs> All right, number one. So these are going to fuel your glow. Your glow has to be fueled, right? It's got to be fed. So the one, first one we looked at is Jesus is present in our suffering. Jesus is a, what kind of help? A present help in time of trouble. He is the lifter of our head. He came to bind up the brokenhearted and set who free? The captives free. He is the lily of your valley. So even if you are in a low place, Jesus is there like, hey, I am the lily. There is beauty in this situation. Can you find it? Can you see me even in this? We are to be still and know what? He is God. And guess what? This battle ain't yours anyway. It's the Lord's. It is the Lord's. And we know that the weapons are going to form, but they will not. They will not prosper. Amen? This picture is a picture of a mighty hand. <laughs> and it's quoting Isaiah 41 and 13. Fear not, for I am your God. I will hold you with my right hand. I will help you. Amen? And Jesus knows what it is to be human, y'all. He left heaven, put on this raggedy flesh. His whole life was full of suffering. All 30 years. He had some good moments, but 30 years there was suffering. He dealt with betrayal, rejection, disappointment. Can I get an amen? That's, we can all check those boxes. He was literally born into trauma. Who wants to be born in a barn? <laughs> right? Y'all, you were pregnant. If you ever had a baby, oh, you wanted it to be wonderful and pristine. You wanted the gifts and the new outfit ready to go. He was born in a barn. And King Herod wanted him to kill him. Was anybody trying to kill you on your way here? His, he was already trying to be killed. So Hebrews 4 and 15, we don't have a high priest who can't sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. The shortest scripture in the Bible, which was also my little brother's memory verse, and I'm still a little bitter about it, Jesus wept. That's all he had to remember, y'all, and then he could go play. <laughs> Jesus wept. Y'all, it's okay to cry. 
If Jesus can cry, you think you can't cry? You're going to cry, and it's okay. At the end of Job's tribulation, I know y'all know Job's story, but I love this is what he said in 42 and verse 5. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Let that be your prayer in every difficult situation. Lord, we've been here before. You brought me out the last time. I have a personal testimony. Nobody can tell me that you're not a deliverer, that you're not a healer, that you're not a provider. Nobody can tell me that because I've personally experienced it for myself. I know him for myself. All right, so fueling your glow. Jesus understands what it is to suffer. Before we just say he's present in our suffering. Isaiah 53 I know you can't read it, but it says, He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows and pain, acquainted with grief. Later in that scripture, it says, but he was wounded. It says, but, so he had all of that. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our wickedness. And the punishment required for our well-being fell on him. And by his stripes, that's the part we love to say. By his stripes, oh, Lord, thank you for them little stripes. No, all of that stuff came before that. All of that grief and sorrow and suffering, then you were healed. Amen? Matthew 26 says, he was overcome with grief. Oh, y'all, this is going to bless you. He threw himself down to pray, saying, Father, if there's any way you can deliver me from this suffering, please take it from me. This is Jesus, y'all, asking God, can you take it? But, but then he had a nevertheless, he had a but testimony. But what I want more than anything is to fulfill your plan for me. He surrendered. Surrender. Say, yeah, it's raggedy, God. It's a mess. Mess.com. That's my website right now. <laughs> but it's going to be all right because, Lord, your plans for me are good. And I love what happens next. It says an angel came and ministered to him and strengthened him. Amen. And if you want to join him, you probably don't want to willingly join him. But if you join him in his suffering, guess what? You go rain. You go rain. No pain, no gain. <laughs> okay. You're going to reign in his triumph. Fueling your glow. Jesus loves us, and his plans for us are good. We know that, right? Jeremiah 29. For I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for what? Peace, well-being, not disaster, to give you what? Hope and a future. That sounds pretty good to me. And then... It says, the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. Do you trust him? Do you trust him? Because faith that hasn't been tested, it can't be trusted. How do you know you have faith until you use your little faith muscles? You don't want to wait until you're in the battle to see if you got enough strength to overcome you got to exercise your faith. The word says building up your most holy faith, right? 
Yeah, I'm getting excited. Let me <laughs> keep going here. Cast your, how are you going to fuel your glow? You got to cast your cares on him. Why? Because he cares for you. He's perfecting that very thing that's concerning you, that's keeping you up at night. He's perfecting it, right? That means it's in process. It's a whip, a work in process, right? Psalms 138 and 8. Fueling your glow. Our identity and purpose are in Christ. They're not in our circumstances. They're not in, oh, I'm a Brown, I'm a Smith. We all, we got anger issues. We have drug and alcohol. Our family, that's just what we do. No. Once you become a born again believer, all things are passed away. All things become new. Hallelujah. You are, this says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And you said, <laughs> your wonderful works, my soul knows it well. And then James 1 said, count it all joy when you fall into temptations. That means cut a step. That means shout and praise him. Knowing that this trying of your faith results in what? Patience. And then it says, let patience have her perfect work. That's part of that perfecting, I guess, huh? <laughs> let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfected and wanting nothing. Amen? Fueling your glow. Through our suffering, we draw closer to God. That's when we really know where we are in our relationship with him. When that pain comes, when that suffering comes. And then this little uh, picture says, don't despise the beautiful scars of life, for they are reminders that in your weakness you were made strong. Your scars, yeah, you got some bumps and some bruises and some knots, but they are reminders of what you went through and what you overcame. Those scars become part of your testimony. You say, look what the Lord has done. Look what he brought me through. And then you overcome with your testimony and you help others go through. Can the Lord use you? Can he use your story to encourage somebody else? That's what glowing is. Is your glow so bright that you blinding people with it? They can't even see, <laughs> right? We, we want our glow to be a healthy glow. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Or is it a strobe light giving people seizures every time you come into the room? <laughs> we want our glow to be a healthy glow. Amen? And it says in 1 Peter 5 and 10, after your suffering, the God of all loving grace, who has called you to share in his eternal glory in Christ, will personally and powerfully restore you and make you stronger than ever. Yeah, take a little praise right there. That's a good word in 1 Peter. Amen. 
In Romans 5 and 3, but with joy, let us exalt in our sufferings and rejoice in our hardships, knowing that hardships, and this is the amplified, distress, pressure, trouble, produces patient endurance, and endurance, proven character, which is spiritual maturity, and proven character, hope, and confident assurance of eternal salvation. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence, knowing that our pressures will develop in us patient endurance. Endure to the end. That's all you got to do. You don't even have to be the strongest one or the fastest one. You just got to be there hanging on at the end, right? When Jesus say, come on, I'm, <laughs> that's enough of that. Just endure to the end. And y'all, this suffering pales in comparison to the magnitude of the glory that is about to be unveiled in you. Amen? This says God is sovereignty. The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. God is in control. Do you believe that? God is sovereign. Do you believe that? Nothing takes him by surprise. COVID didn't take him by surprise. Racial injustice didn't take him by surprise. Conflict in the church and at the White House didn't take him by surprise. He knew all about that. Apart from God, we can do nothing. But we know all things work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Your purpose and his purpose need to be dancing sisters, okay? They are one in the same. So what the devil meant for evil, God will use it for good. And then the Lord tells us, I beseech you now, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living, a living sacrifice, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to the Lord. Jeremiah 32 and 17, Ah, sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. And then in Colossians 1 and 16, again, just talking about his sovereignty. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, like thrones and kingdoms and rulers and authorities in the unseen world. Uh-oh. It's unseen. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. It might have just gone to sleep. Just tap the computer. Oh. Okay. Oh, there. Oh, look, and you can see it better. Lisa, don't move. <laughs> Praise God. See, isn't he wonderful? <laughs> He said, she preaches so good, I'm going to give her a little help. All right. <laughs> Fueling your goal. If God, if God be for us, who can be against us? He says, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? No. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. You can see it now. You can see all the hard work I put into these graphics. <laughs> all right. So we've set the foundation, right? The spiritual foundation for what's in your glow and how to get your glow and what the purpose of your glow is. Now, can, are you ready to put on the psychological hat? We're going we're gonna to kind of shift gears a little bit. I got a few more scriptures. God wants you to glow through it. He wants you to, yeah, I see, I see you. He wants you to glow through it. He said, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that what? Your labor is not in vain. There is a harvest at the end of all of your labor. And he said, you got to get to this place. None of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself. I need to finish this thing with some joy. Hallelujah. And the ministry that the Lord gave to me. Now, don't finish it looking like sourpuss. No. Is that a testimony to God? No, you got to finish it with joy. With joy. Amen. So we got work to do. But we know that the devil, he says he masquerades as an angel of light, y'all. He got that fake light. He got that fake glow, right? He don't weave in his glow. No, we ain't gonna accept it. <laughs> no. We have to be operating in the true glow of God. But the enemy, the best stumbling block that he uses, guess what it is? It's us. <laughs> he uses us. He'll whisper in our ear, and then we start internalizing his lies. We have to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Jesus Christ. The word tells us, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. The first word is let. That means it's a decision that you have to make. And if you're going to think about anything, because it's our thoughts that he attacks, you already know this scripture about what we're supposed to think about. The good stuff, the just stuff, if it's lovely, right? Meditate on what's praiseworthy. Thank God for what he's doing and what he's already done, how good he's been to you. And if you do those things, guess what you're going to have? Peace. Peace. And he said, I told you these things that in me you will have peace. In this world, you're going to have trouble, but be encouraged. I've already overcome this world. We win in the end. We win even on earth. David said, I would have fainted had I not seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That means on this side of the kingdom. Amen? Faith, trust, believe. Philippians 4 and 6, we all know that's a familiar scripture. Don't worry. Don't be anxious. Give it to God. Pray and give thanks and receive God's peace. Amen. Guard your hearts with all diligence because out of that heart, we know, flows the issues of life. All right. Now we're in the psychological realm. So for the extra spiritual people, this would be a good time for you to check Facebook and check your TikTok account. <laughs> um, so we got to maintain this glow. 
We got to maintain this glow. If we do, here's what it's going to look like. We're going to effectively manage life trials and tribulations. We're going to avoid extremes. Everybody is against me, right? Or I'm going to be working all the time and not resting like the Bible commanded us to do. We'll have a both and perspective instead of either or, right? And when we have glow maintenance, we represent Jesus Christ as ambassadors of joy. Who wants to be an ambassador of joy? Amen? An ambassador of peace. So you draw others. Who wants to come to something where everybody's lips is turned up and they fussing and fighting and can't get along? I don't want any parts of that. So if you're going to be an ambassador, that means you are representing Christ. You don't want to be, look, this just came to me. That light that people draw to and then when they get to it, it was a bug lamp and they get zapped. <laughs> That's not what you want to be. <laughs> you want to operate fully in the gifts of the Spirit to glorify God and His kingdom. Amen? Model healthy coping skills and fruit of the Spirit. Pastor Rayleigh just preached, oh no, Pastor Josh just preached on the fruit of the Spirit. It means we have total dependence on Christ. We're unmovable, right? We're we say, thanks to him who keeps us from falling, right? Now, don't let your glow get low. <laughs> don't let your glow get low, y'all. When you let your glow get low, you look like him right there. You have low productivity at work, at home, in ministry. Your relationships become strained, unsatisfactory, emotional burnout, depression, anxiety, anger, physical illness and disease, sick, don't even know what's going on, aches in your body, can't sleep. It's because your glow is low. Premature death. Did you know you release a stress hormone called cortisol and cortisol is like a poison to your body? It attacks your organs and your nervous system. It's literally killing you. You got to keep your glow flowing. Amen? Now, if you maintain your glow, it allows you to be effective. Well, you say, well, what's effective? Because I thought I was being effective. Effective means you get results without causing harm to you or to anybody else. Right? If they're left in a corner in tears, you were not effective. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you right now. You were not effective. Whatever you said, even it was scriptures, it didn't work because it caused harm. What does effective glow look like? You can accomplish tasks. You can get stuff done. You can manage strong emotions. You can tolerate frustrating situations and people. And you can have healthy relationships and maintain them. That's what effective looks like. You're going to spend time with God and not be rushing because you got to go do all of your million things. That's what effective looks like. So here are your four skills. This is free counseling right here. Here we go. Mindfulness, distress tolerance, emotional regulation, and interpersonal effectiveness. 
these skills were developed out of a psychological theory called cognitive behavioral theory. And what that means is our thoughts and emotions influence our behaviors. Well, guess what? The Word of God already told us that. So I love when we discover something that the Lord is like, okay, really? I already said that. <laughs> um, so these four skills, what they found, people who have a really hard time regulating their emotions, really intense, they attempt suicide, they end up in the hospital, they really struggle. They've developed these skills for them, and they were able to be more successful. So it was developed for ones who had the most intense emotions. So that means this should really help you, right? Because you have Christ. But I'm going to share them with you anyway. The first one is mindfulness. Mindfulness just means you want to be present in the here and now. Y'all, quit time traveling. You're in your past. Oh, if I wouldn't have did that. If she, didn't have, if she wouldn't have did that. If I wouldn't have lost that job. You're in the past. Or you're in the future. Oh, I got to get to this. I got to be able to do that. What if this doesn't happen? If you want to be present with God, guess where you got to be? In the here and now. That's, God is the only one that can travel in the past and in the future. He's the only one. Not you. So... A moment to pause is a healthy way for you to just check in with yourself and say, how are you doing? <laughs> what are you thinking about right now? What's going on with you? I used to tell my clients, check in with your pinky toe. Everybody right now, just wiggle that pinky toe. You got to be present to do that, right? It's just a silly exercise, but it forces you to check in with yourself. Or you might be clenching your fist on the steering wheel don't even know why. Somebody pull up to you, they're like, what's wrong with her? <laughs> if you take a moment to pause, you'll realize you're doing that. Square breathing. Focuses on your breathing, allows your nervous system to reset itself in order to calm down. So everybody take a deep breath in through your nose and keep it in because, you know, we want to practice social distance. I'm just playing. <laughs> and exhale. Sometimes it's just about taking a breath. It's just about taking a breath and breathing. When you do that, you increase and release endorphins. Endorphins are our natural feel-good chemicals that our brain, God already put in our brain. It's our legal heroin, okay? I'm just going to make it plain. <laughs> it, it's the good stuff that doesn't cause harm. It helps with pain and it helps with emotional balance. So everybody understand mindfulness? Get present in the moment. Check in with your pinky toe. All right. Second thing, the stress tolerance, tolerating life stressors. I love this activity. It's called half smile. I don't care how upset you are. I don't care what your boss just said to you, what that husband just said to you. Step on a little. Inside, you might just be raging. But you know what your brain likes? Your brain likes. Your brain's job is homeostasis, that means balance. So if your face is doing something different than your emotions, your brain is gonna make your face and emotions line up. So a half smile, your brain say, well, she's smiling, so let's release some more of them endorphins. <laughs> let's get that going, let's make her happy for real. Think about something that genuinely would make you smile, and then that will fuel your glow. Radical acceptance, sometimes we gotta just say, not my plan, Lord. Your will be done. This is not even about me. 
This, ain't, this is not even anything to do with me. And then we redirect our energy into something that we can control. It's a waste of time to focus on stuff that you can't do nothing about. But what can you do? Find that thing and redirect your energy. Everybody understand the stress tolerance? All right, next one. Emotional regulation, coping with strong feelings, riding the wave. I love this. Visualize yourself, your strong emotions, a huge, we're in Florida, so we know what waves look like. If you see surfers on top of that wave, that wave could be humongous. It doesn't matter. They're riding it, and it safely brings them back to the shore. What you have to tell yourself, this is a temporary feeling. This will not last. All I got to do is ride it. Because if you don't, you're going to come up like a drowned rat. And you're going to look like a drowned rat. If you let that water, those emotions just tumble over you. But if you realize, oh, this is just temporary. And y'all, all emotions are good. There are no bad emotions. I want you to know that. God gave us all of our emotions. Emotions are just a thermometer. They just tell you that there's something in your environment that needs your attention. Now, what can you do with it? And you already have your tools for glowing. You need to be using those tools. Amen? You can exercise. Exercise is one of the fastest ways to release those endorphins out of the brain. Okay? And the last skill is called interpersonal effectiveness, or these are healthy and assertive relationships. Some stuff you just got to ignore. Everything doesn't require your response, your attention. Okay? Um, we can't focus so much on other people's thoughts and opinions and let that dictate our worth and our value. But we also have to be able to admit when we're wrong. Oh, I know that's hard, y'all. We're going to keep working on that one. When you do, though, it increases your trust in your relationships, even with your children. Be willing to say you were wrong with your children. You would be surprised at how much that will make your relationship better. Uh, and be able to accept an apology. Yeah, you sorry, all right. <laughs> no. You know why? Because that's the compassionate and respectful thing to do. When we tell God we're sorry, we want him to believe us. <laughs> right? And he know we probably going to do it again. <laughs> okay? So... Forgiveness isn't a feeling. It's a decision about how you're going to treat somebody. Okay? And then, this is my favorite thing of all time. Relationship assumption. I'm telling you, if you don't remember nothing else, this is going to bless you. Let's assume that most people are doing the best that they can with the skills that they currently have. If we just always assume, no matter what she said or what he did, that was their best today. That was their best. So what does that leave me? Then I can pray, Lord, use me to help develop their skills. And at the same time, my next prayer better be, and Lord, also allow me to demonstrate the fruits of the Spirit until they have more skills. It's a double-edged prayer, okay? You're praying for them, but you're also praying for yourself. If a brother or sister be overtaken in the fault, ye that are spiritual, restore such a one, okay? Relationship assumption. 
And then it says, we got to be rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continually in prayer. And I'm almost done, y'all. So there was your four skills that maintain your glow. Get in his presence. Spend time in prayer. Spend time praising and worshiping him. Get in your word. Operate in faith. Trust the Lord. Serve. If you don't do nothing else, serve because that'll get your mind off of your troubles when you go help somebody else. And love. That's your glow. That's what's feeding your glow. All those things right there. So when your glow get low, go back to your list. What, what, where am I missing? What have I not been doing? Okay? And then the last thing is your, your oil of joy. That's feeding your glow. Jesus wants us to keep our lamps trimmed and burning. And he gave us a Holy Spirit, the comforter. And I want to get to that page so that I can actually read these notes because they were good. What's fueling your glow? I hope it contains peace, joy, long-suffering, and patience, and other fruits of the Spirit. And John 14 and 26, but the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place to represent me and act on my behalf, he will teach you all things and will help you remember everything that I have told you. And then five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. The wise kept oil in their lamp. They kept their glow. Their wicks were trimmed and ready. This is a daily maintenance. You can't let the light go down or get low and then think you're going to come back oh, next week, a month from now. Oh, let me go back and read the word. Let me go. It doesn't work that way, right? Because you could be needed at any time. That's what the five wise virgins were. They were ready. Amen? So God is faithful to the faithful. So let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promise. And the last thing I'm going to tell you is Jehovah Jireh is our provider. And my God will liberally supply, fill until full your every need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus.